Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning. Rise and shine. You're on with the Zoo Time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Oh, yesterday was wow, Wednesday. And uh, our girlfriend Vivian and Shantice were the panel with me yesterday as Vivian brought the socially conscious segment. And we talked about the MTA elevator maintenance supervisor who was fired for taking multiple flights to Florida while on the clock at MTA. Now, talk about stealing time. (laughs) How in the world do you answer for nine instances in a year where you had been on an airplane to Florida while being clocked in to MTA and you were supposed to be working. Yeah. Well, guess what? He decides that he's going to uh, speak up because he says that the supervisors knew what he was doing and uh, if he shouldn't have been doing it, then they shouldn't have paid him because he does not agree that he was not stealing time or that he was stealing time. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, he talked about the pizzeria who was busted. The people in the pizzeria was busted in the Bronx across the street from a school where a backpack was filled with crack, heroin, fentanyl, and a whole bunch of other drugs coming out of yeah. So you're actually running a drug business 
outside, out of a pizzeria. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with these people. You know how it is. Across the street from our school, after school, all the kids want pizza. The place is probably crowded. But unfortunately, you know, (laughs) they're going to get a whole lot of time because, as I said yesterday, all schools are drug-free zones. So if you're right across the street from the school and you're running drugs, oh, you're going to do some time. That that, that there, they're never, ever, ever going to let you get away with that one. Well, the wow story of the morning was a 22-year-old man who posed as a mannequin before the, uh, the uh, what do you call that thing, the mall was closed in order to rob them. Yes, right, right. He had already gotten away with it one time. And when he was in the mall, while it was closed, he was eating food. He was, uh, he had stolen some clothes. Oh, yeah. He was having him a good old time having a shopping spree. And we talked about the fact that, you know, how was it that he would pose in a window as a mannequin and no one ever detected customer or staff never detected that he was actually, <laughs> oh, my goodness, a real man and not a mannequin. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, I said to the ladies, I said, you know, they're getting more creative now. Yeah, they're just running out of stuff to do, running out of ways to beat the system. So now we're going to stand still, stand frozen. Now, how frozen can you actually, you know, be? For how long? Your arm don't itch. You you never had to sneeze or, you, you know, nothing ever happened while you were posing as a mannequin where someone saw you actually moving. Man, I don't know, but... These people, you got to give them A for effort because they are definitely trying it. So I wouldn't, that's something I wouldn't even attempt because I couldn't even stand still that long. I couldn't even stand that long. So by the time I was just standing up in the same spot for about five minutes, I would have given myself away because I would have needed a chair. And then after sitting for a little while, I would have needed to, I would need to stand again. So I could have never pulled that one off, ever, ever, ever. Well, he didn't get away with it long either, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, that's how we spent our wow Wednesday. Well, today is. Therapeutic Thursday, yes, today we talk about our health in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, something, something that has something to do with our health, and, you know, it's 
a really, really beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning. You would never think that these were the last days in October because it felt like summertime out here yesterday. And it they say it's going up to 74 degrees today. So, you know, talk about your body trying to figure it out. Man, oh, man, oh, man, well, I'm not going to complain because 74 degrees is right up my alley. So I'm giving God thanks. So let's get this party started. We got some stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. I, I do have some interesting things to talk about today. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Cam has never needed any major dental treatment before. However, his teeth are not as good as they could be. His gums bleed when he brushes, and some of his teeth are starting to feel loose. This is affecting how he eats his food. Cam goes to see his dentist, who shows him how to brush and floss effectively to help prevent plaque and keep his gums healthy. Now Cam is free to enjoy food without worrying. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. Yes, the day we talk about our health. And we're giving God thanks that we're here together again. And... We're safe. We're safe. We're almost there. We're almost there. So don't give up now. Another day, it will be done. The work school week will be over. All right? All right. So, what are we talking about today? Well, I came across a serious, serious health food tip, and I was like, oh, no, I got to do this one. I I have to take a break for what we've been talking about all week, you know, how to store our food properly, how to make sure that our food stays fresh. 
I'll finish that tomorrow morning. Godspeed. But I definitely had to jump on this one. So if this one is really, really short, then I can, you know, kind of go back to that one uh, today. But because we're kind of early. But listen, listen, listen. I looked at a couple of the first items and I was like, no, 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 no. We don't have to talk about this one. Today's health tip. Stuff we have no business putting in the microwave. Oh, my goodness. Now, I would say maybe it's been a year now. Our microwave just went kaput. Or it, it was this year, like early, early, early this year. But it was 10 years. So it must have been like really early this year or very late last year because I got this in 2013. You know, one of those stainless steel ones that's up on the wall, and it just decided it wasn't going to spin no more. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even rushing to get another microwave wall. Y'all better put your listening ears on, get some pens and papers ready, because I got some information for you. Well, the first thing on this list, that they say oh, about our microwave, reheating cooked potatoes can lead to ingestion of a dangerous bacteria. Mm, my goodness gracious, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. They say when potatoes have been cooked and cooled in the refrigerator, they can create a kind of bacteria. And reheating these potatoes in the microwave won't get rid of the bacteria, which could then cause a potentially fatal illness called botulism. They say it may be safe to reheat your potatoes in the oven instead, but it is best to check on an individual basis depending on how the potatoes were cooked and cooled down in the first place. So, you know, from a long time ago, they told us don't put really hot food in the refrigerator to cool down. So you need to let the food hit, like, room temperature or at best, warm, very, 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 very lightly warmed, all righty? Oh, my goodness. Next thing, man, I was, I was spitting on this one. Rice. The food poisoning in the microwave, Okay. They said that there's bacteria that's present on uncooked rice but can mainly be removed when we cook the rice in boiling water. They say that's why it's best to always cook rice in a pan of boiling water or using a specific rice steamer if you want to put it in the microwave. Wow. 
They say the bacteria can also live on cooked rice at room temperature. So if you're planning on reheating some of that cooked rice in the microwave, then they say it is important to put it in the refrigerator to cool within an hour of it first being cooked, and this should prevent food poisoning. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, so let me say that again because we are infamous in here. Oh, they'll go to sleep and forget. No, you can't forget. They say if we plan on reheating some cooked rice in the microwave at a later date, that is vitally important that you put it in the refrigerator to cool within an hour of it first being cooked, which means that you have to put it. Sometimes it's still kind of hot at that point. But listen, oh, my goodness. Now, I heard this a long time ago, this one. Boiling eggs in the microwave. No, no. They say that the microwave could cause them to explode, which I heard a long time ago. Okay. So, they say that uh, you need to cook them eggs in a pot of water if you want to boil them. Do not boil eggs in the microwave because poof, they can explode. Okay? They say you can put scrambled eggs in the microwave. Okay? All right. Here's another one that I heard a long time ago. Heating water in the microwave. They say it could really uh, be hazardous. Okay? They say that microwaves can heat water beyond the boiling point, okay? So they say it could cause the container that it's in to explode or shatter, okay? So they say when you open up the door, so you don't want that to happen, right? All right. So if you really need to heat up the water, you need to find, you know, a pan to put it on the stove or something else. But that microwave thing, don't do it to yourself. Okay? I need a five-second pause here. All righty. Chinaware. They say Chinaware can contain metal that becomes dangerous when you put it in the microwave. Okay? So they say fine China was made long before microwaves were invented. So therefore, some of those components may not be microwavable friendly. Okay? They have um, little tiny bits of metal in them. And, you know, you can't, we all know you can't put metal in the microwave, okay? And they're also saying because of the china, it can break. So don't put china in the microwave, 
Okay? Bread. Bread, they say, can become dry in seconds if you defrost it in the microwave. And they say because microwaves are known for sucking the moisture out of your food. So they're saying if you're trying to heat up a loaf of bread, then they say put it in the oven, which to me makes sense anyway, because how many of us have had that experience? You put bread in the microwave, it is hard as a brick. I ain't wasting my bread. So put it in the microwave, put it in the oven, okay? Cooking chicken in the microwave. No, no. I don't, who does that? Who cooks chicken in the microwave? That's a bit much for me. Okay? They say this can cause your food to be cooked on the outside, but completely raw when you slice it. Okay? And we all know undercooked chicken can uh, cause salmonella. That's food poisoning, and you don't want that. All right? So do not put your chicken in the microwave to cook. Okay? They say that red pasta sauce is not dangerous, but it's messy. Yes, it is messy. Especially if you don't put some over it, because you let red pasta sauce. <laughs> you put red pasta sauce in the microwave, it's all over the place. Yeah. Okay, that's because of the components that's actually in the pasta mixed with the microwavable heat. So you don't want to do that. It'll be all over the place. Okay. Mushrooms. They say mushrooms can be covered in bacteria once they've been cooked. And that's really not a surprise. Yeah, that's really not a surprise. They say that's not the issue. But when you reheat them in the microwave after they've been cooked, the first go-round is the issue. So they say like rice, the bacteria can live on the mushrooms, and they need to be properly stored and cooled as soon as they have been cooked. All right, so this is another thing that they're saying. Put in the microwave, I'm sorry, put in the refrigerator. That's two things, rice and, and mushrooms. Put in the refrigerator as soon as they're, you know, as soon as you finish serving it, you need to go in the refrigerator to protect us against the bacteria that's living on these mushrooms and this rice. Okay? They say mushrooms that aren't safe can cause stomach upset. Okay? Cooking oils, they say, may not be affected by heat from the microwave. They say Cooking oils like sunflower and olive oil tend to have water in them, and this is this is what the, the problem would be. 
In fact, if they have water, they say 100% oil is made up of non-polar molecules, which a microwave can't heat up. So, uh, don't put oil in the microwave. All right, just don't do it. Styrofoam. Now, we've heard about this styrofoam. You don't want to put styrofoam in your microwave. Uh, it, you can't tell me you wouldn't know that all those toxins were in your food when you watch the whole box melt. Yeah, that has got to be. I mean, just looking at it. <laughs> That's why they came up with the BPA. Yes, the BPA-friendly uh, containers because those were safe to be heated and they did not, you know, have all these toxins released when it was placed in the microwave, all right? So please do not put your styrofoam in the microwave, Okay. French fries, they can lose its texture and its flavor when it's heated, and it releases toxins, yeah, but that's, it's, it's like bread, you make that mistake one time, you never go back, <laughs> yeah, just throw it in the oven, alrighty, toxins, 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 so like I say. Okay. They say processed meat and the microwave can be a dangerous combination. Yeah. They say, you know, we've we've talked about this before, that the processed meat itself contains carcinogens, which may cause cancer. So when you put stuff like that, in the microwave, that can be a dangerous combination. And they're saying that the radio waves create the toxins from the combination, okay? And it can contribute to heart disease. Mm, All right. If, If you want to cook your, what do you call it, your processed meat, Put it on the stove or in the oven. Alrighty. Frozen fruit can become dangerous when it's defrosted in the microwave. Alright. They say that when you defrost it, even if you press that defrost button, that the healthiest nutrients could now do more harm than good, all right? They say those rays turn the nutrients into carcinogens, and we just got finished talking about that, and we know that's no good. And here, let me tell you something, people, and I I know this from experience. When you have, like, frozen fruit, you know I talk to you about freezing the bananas. We have frozen fruit in a bag. Do you know that stuff defrosted? It defrosted really quickly. So just before you're about to use it, you know, about a half hour, just put it in the bowl and put it on the counter. Okay? Do not try to 
defrost them in the microwave because they say, again, it can possibly cause cancer. Okay? They say uncovered pots of sauce can be messy, like the red sauce. It can, you know, create a big old mess in your microwave. All right? So even if it says, you know, you can defrost this or put this in the microwave, put on the stove. Okay? Woo! Vapor released by hot peppers in microwave can quickly cause irritation. Wow. Okay. They say that because hot peppers contain capsaicin, which makes the food spicy, it burns when you put it in the microwave and turns into vapors. Wow. They say when you open the microwave doors, the vapor will release, will be released in your, it will irritate your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Wow. They say in some instances, hot peppers have been known to explode in the microwave. All right? You don't want that. You don't want that. Okay. Oh, here they're talking about the Okay. So they're saying single-use plastics generally don't come with a microwave, I'm sorry, microwave-safe sticker because they haven't gone through that process. Remember I talked about the BPA? That those items have gone through, okay? So they say, like, yogurt pots, butter containers, those are intended for one-time use, and you don't want to put those in the microwave. All right? Now, listen, I ain't mad at you for saving the butter bowls because, you know, I get, I get yelled at all the time. They think it's butter, but it's some leftover food. Ah! Oh, my goodness. But I don't put it in the microwave. I've never put it in the, I don't put it in the microwave. No. That was just storage in the refrigerator. You know, right? They say travel mugs also be very dangerous in the microwave. Why? Because most of them have metal in it. Or most of them are made from metal. Well, remember, that's what they use to keep the, the, the beverage hot or cold. So it's going to work against you if you put it in the microwave. Okay? Plastic wrap. Come on, y'all. Plastic wrap. We, another another like, thing like the styrofoam. You got to know that that's releasing all kind of toxicity into your food. No, 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 no. Do not, do not put that in to your microwave, cause and toxins are being released into your food. Well, I mean, like I said, if you think about it, you can imagine it's just going to be melted all over the place. And the longer you keep it in there, the more toxins are going to be in your food. 
Yeah. That's not a that's not a good move, y'all. That's not a good move. Not a good move at all. All right. So hmm. uh maybe one more. Maybe one more. So let's see what we got here. Hold on. Uh grapes. Okay, so who 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 put grapes in the microwave? Come on, y'all. They say grapes can explode. Duh. And I don't do that very often. Yeah. They say grapes release a plasma when they are in the microwave, and it will cause it to explode. All right? We all know aluminum foil has no business in the microwave, right, everybody? Okay, I can say no more. Okay. Leafy greens. They say might spark if you heat them for too long. All right? So they say you can put leafy greens in a microwave-friendly bowl, add some water to steam them that way. Just make sure they say you do these in short bursts. So in other words, don't leave it in there for five minutes straight. Don't leave it in there for four minutes straight. Just do periodic. Okay? They say Chinese takeout containers often have little metal handles. You know that when you get the, uh, like, fried rice or even sometimes the white rice. Whatever those little containers are, yeah, so don't put those in the microwave. Paper bags can catch on fire in the microwave. And, you know, we just got finished talking about the drying process. So that, that you can easily see how that can happen. Um, they, okay, so we used to do this one because I read that if you put your cleaning sponges you know, that you use in the, uh, for, to wash your dishes, if you put them in the microwave, that they can sanitize or disinfect your sponge. And they say it might not be uh, effective to get rid of all bacteria. It will get rid of some, but there might be some other bacteria that may not be killed with microwaving it, well, by microwaving it. So they say the best way to clean your sponge is by soaking it in an bacterial, you mean bacterial, antibacterial solution or bleach. And that's what I did here recently. But you know what? I'm be honest. They say that this can remove the majority of germs and bacteria. I just, I just buy more, more. Uh, Remember, I haven't had a, um, a, what you call them, I haven't had a microwave. So I did read that you can clean it with bleach. Nah, I'm just, I just buy more sponges. Yeah, I just call it a day. Okay. Please don't heat up yogurt. They say it will separate if it's heated up incorrectly. Okay. Uh... They say not all ice melts in the microwave. Okay, I'm really trying to figure out who does this stuff. And I think we've come to the end of our list. 
I think we've come to the, I mean, I'll look, I'll see, and I'll merge it with the rest of what we've been talking about all week. But please, please leave those, leave those things alone. You know, going forward, just check to see if you should even put your food in the microwave. And at this rate, I'm trying to figure out if we'll even get another microwave. Because if you're going through all of that, then, listen, we we have a countertop 12-mode, what do you call it, oven. Air fryer, roaster, rotisserie, pizza, all kinds of things it does. It heats up. Um, convention oven, broiler all kinds of stuff. And my thought is this. When we come in from outside, we wash our hands if we're hungry, and we just put our food in the oven, and before you know it, your food is hot. Yeah. You know, you can put it up to 450. Yeah, you can put it up to 450. So, that, that, that's not going to take a whole lot of time. The only thing about that is you have to make sure you buy pans and aluminum foil. And I mean, if you talk about that, that can, you know, render its own expense opposed to, let's say, your microwave where you buy microwavable containers and all you got to do is keep those clean and you just continue to use them. But, yeah, I, I, I just... I prefer it. I have to be honest. I haven't had a microwave in all of this time. And after reading this stuff, yeah, I don't think I'm rushing out to get one anytime soon. It'll just look nice up on the wall. All righty. All righty. So what are we talking about today? Hmm, I got some stuff. Before we get to our main conversation, so I got to be quick because I don't have time to do a whole lot of other stuff. Um, Listen, if you found that somebody said they mailed you something and you know that you know that you know that you know you didn't get it, well, out in West Virginia, you have a USPS employee, that's the United States Postal Service employee, who abandoned his mail route and out more than 200 pieces of mail that he had in his possession for delivery on two occasions. And guess why? Because he was running late for his own personal appointment. Oh, yeah. It doesn't say why or where he was going, but he said that he drove to the same Speedway gas station in March and April and discarded mail in the dumpster until he arrived at his personal obligation on time. Well, way you can handle it. So, who knows what went into the garbage? Who knows what went into the garbage? Well, I hope that 
uh, what do you call it, that appointment was worth it because he's now facing up to one year in federal prison and a $100,000, $100,000 fine. And if he out in West Virginia, they probably ain't paying that much. So that's going to definitely hit his pocket. Yeah, come on, y'all. You know, she's asked several times, these people even want to work? What else are we talking about here? Mm. Let's see. Oh, here's one. And I want to know what you all think. You know, since we're doing our domestic violence um, stuff today, I definitely wanted to bring this story up because I wanted to see what you thought. I wanted to see what the the Dutam crew thinks. So out in Seattle, they have this whole uproar because the high school football players have been suspended after they text about raping some female students. Now, they're saying several students, including football players, have been suspended from the high school for sending threatening text messages, talking about raping some female students. The principal, Morales, sent families a letter saying that the school took immediate action after the students and parents voiced their concerns over what happened. They spoke to several students, and they say a 14-year-old ninth-grade student said it started with a group chat full of sophomore boys from the football team, and those conversations were then posted on Instagram. So one of the people, probably a young lady, said she saw the screenshot, and it said, oh, we want to bend her over, and we want to rip her pants off. They say that the text messages were very explicit, and they were going back and forth, and they were written by student athletes, and <laughs> it got back to the parents from the students. And now there's this big uproar, needless to say, because the young ladies don't feel safe anymore. So because they didn't divulge who the people are, they say it's, the girls are saying it's even more, even more scary because you don't even know who it is and you could be looking at the people who did it and you don't even know that they were the perpetrators here. So they're planning on developing some sexual harassment plan, and the sexual harassment plan includes a school investigation, student support, where they're pulling in social workers and school leaders, promoting gender equity, so they're saying that 
the athletic leaders are developing a comprehensive plan to promote gender, gender equity, prevent sexual harassment, and help uh, students better understand the behaviors expected at the school. And requesting family conversations. Now, they say we've requested families discuss with their children the importance of not engaging in or encouraging comments. Well, I'm sorry. How is that a part of your plan? Now, I call Stephanie crazy. But your plan cannot include what I do in my house. How is that a part of your plan? Come on. So part of the sexual harassment plan is to make sure I talk to my kids I should be talking to my my children, but you can't put that on your plan. So the mind needs to talk to, no, I'm sorry, no, no. There's some other things that could go on that list, and maybe you can send me something that can go on that list. And I won't say what I'm thinking can go on the list. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the D-Time crew. All righty? So they're all supposed to be working together in the community to address these issues and promote a culture of respect and understanding. Again, the perpetrators that they have found have been suspended. And I want to know from you if you feel that that's sufficient. Okay, they're in high school now. So you let me know what you think. Well, I'm going to find out from my new time crew what they think. All righty? Oh, one more story. One more story. Mm. Let's see. What's a good one? I got a list here. Mm. All righty. Here is a good one. You have this officer. Out in North Hampshire, somewhere out in London or Britain or whatever. All right? So he recorded himself, a police officer, y'all. And this is why I want to make sure I understand, I, you understand who we're talking about. A police officer recorded himself having sex with a 13-year-old girl. And uh, they had previously called the police to see if he had been reported for sexual assault. Now, here's the problem with this story. They say the, the force was made aware almost 18 months earlier of him getting this police officer's job that he had asked a 15-year-old girl to send naked pictures of herself. So by him being an adult, him asking the girl to send 15, uh, 15 years old to send pictures is definitely an effect, all right? However, they said that when he resigned as an officer in July, he was convicted after being found guilty of abusing the 13-year-old girl while off-duty 
okay? A court was told the, that the 24-year-old had um, the victim's phone, and they put him in jail for six years and four months. Now, here's where this is a big old mess. They said that there were five opportunities that the police force had that this could have been prevented as him being a cop. Because you can't prevent it necessarily, period, but you could definitely um, prevent it while he was a cop. They say that at the initial vetting stage, they refused to follow up on the initial complaint about the other, the 15-year-old girl. Now, they say that there had been inquiries about sexual assault allegations from 2016. Then they said they had a report and they should have questioned why he left the British Army early. They didn't ask about that. That could have brought up something. They said the third time he lost a bag containing evidence and lied about excuse me, lied about it. They said an issue which should have been classed as gross misconduct. They said the fourth incident was after the forces counter corruption unit received anonymous intelligence from Crime Stoppers, which suggested that he had been chatting online to a 15-year-old girl and had repeatedly asked her to send him naked pictures of herself. So that's what he was ultimately snagged for, that particular one right there. They said they made one attempt to contact the anonymous tipper, but when they didn't get in touch with that individual, they never made any repeated attempts. They say that the fifth time they missed the opportunity was when they had him <laughs> and there was a complaint that he pointed his taser at a colleague and acted the red dot laser. Now, we all know what that is because we see it on TV and movies all the time. They say he was um, still subject to a live written warning for the mishandling of evidence. And the report found <laughs> that without hesitation, they should have snagged him on behavior and gross misconduct. And they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. So five times they neglected to follow up on any allegation of this individual. And now they have him in jail for this having the sex with the 13-year-old girl and recording himself. 
So had you arrested him or somebody other thing, he wouldn't have been having sex with the 13-year-old. Especially the one with the 15-year-old, where he had constantly asked her to send pictures of herself. You know, they need to go to jail. And I have a question, like Pastor Charlotte would always say, huh, who does he know? Because for five opportunities, you let that go by? Yeah, yeah, somebody your friend. Somebody's your friend. Let's talk to our girl, Tamika, and see what she's got to say about this here. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. How are you? Oh, I'm well, thank you. Happy Thursday to you, too. I'm happy because it's a Thursday and we only got one more day, God's friends. <laughs> yes. With <laughs> five minutes later. Yes. Oh, my goodness. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good. Good. All right. Let's get to talking. First of all, do you use a microwave? Believe it or not, with all of the technology that we have, um, we have decided, and I, I decided that before I got married, that I didn't want to own one. Um, you know, the okay. only thing at one time that I missed was popcorn, but they've got now, okay. you know, different ways that you can do, you know, we, we bought a popcorn popcorn. So I still, okay. you know, I still get the benefit of popcorn and no microwave. So, um, yeah. So when, okay. when I was listening to all the things that you mentioned about microwave and I was like, glad, you know, it's kind of like you see a situation, glad I dodged that one. <laughs> right, right. Right? That's why I said, I was like, ooh, we haven't had a microwave in almost a year or a little over a year. Man, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you really, because some of those things you definitely put in the microwave, you know, and I tell you, you know, we really, God has watched over us for so, oh, my goodness gracious, countless times we should have been dead, girl. Countless times we should have been dead. Oh. You waiting for your mail, really important mail, come to find out your postal worker that donated in the garbage, child. Oh, my goodness. Do you think, you know, here's one of my questions. Does the punishment fit the crime? He can do, let's say, let me make sure I get this here. He faces up to one year in prison and a $100,000 fine. Now, he doesn't have to get a year, and he doesn't have to get the $100,000 fine. He can get less than a year. He can get less than $100,000, but he can't get over those things. What do you think? Well, um, we're talking about mail. You know, you, you know, when and I and I've been. Let's put it this way. I I don't personally know the individual, but um, someone that I know um, in their workplace, they had someone who dumped a load full of mail, one of the postal workers, into a body of water, like a pond uh, in Virginia. Wow. Here we go. We're talking about Virginia again um, because he didn't want to do what, 
you know, I mean, you're, you're paid for service, and we're talking about mail. It is illegal. Let's 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 just get to the the real thing. It is illegal to open up someone else's mail. It's illegal to discard mail. This is why we have had to change the mailboxes. You know, you used to be able to open them and put the mail in. Now, a lot of the mailboxes, now the blue boxes that are on the corner have slots that you put your mail in because it's illegal for you to do stuff like that. And it's illegal to discard mail, you know. And so when you decide, oh, I'm not going to do I'm tired. I don't want to do this job, you know. And I understand that our postal workers have very long, hard hours. You know, they, they start early in the morning. You've got one individual to disperse all the mail and put it in its right place, and then you have to pick up the mail and take it to certain places, and it takes you a long time, especially between uh, Thanksgiving and, and, and um, what, they, um, what they call Valentine's Day because people are giving, you know, giving greater gifts. You know, people, you know, buy things for other individuals, and they send it in the mail. You know, plus all this new Amazon stuff, who you think delivers your mail, your mailman. You know, and you got long, hard hours doing it. But you don't get a point where you say, oh, well, I got someplace I got to be. So uh, all of this can, you know, I can just put this wherever I, I want to put it. You also don't have an opportunity to bring it back. If they give you the mail, you've got to deliver it. And so where do you get off and you say, oh, well, I got an appointment to make, so I'm not going to do this. You know, one of the other things that you have an option to do is call somebody else. He didn't even do that. He just said, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm, you know, it's uh, 2 o'clock. I need to be there by 3.30. It's going to take me about a half an hour to get there, so I'm going to just chuck it. You, you can't do that. You're paid for service. Do what you're paid to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just can't imagine. You know, listen, when it becomes too much, then quit. Then quit. Then quit. I mean, it, it, when you think about the possibility of having to do any jail time, the child. If you told me I had to do a day, I'm 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 jumping off the bridge. I mean, I don't even want to think about having to do up to a year. So, does the punishment fit the crime? What do you think that the uh, punishment should be for not one wife? Discarding the mail. Listen, these people know what they're doing when they're discarding mail. The first time you knew what you're doing. There's a different dynamic for postal workers. So they know that it's illegal. This is the first thing that you're told when you work there. And the reason why I know so much is because I've been aligned with a couple of postal workers and they have a different type of mentality. And so when you discarded it the first time, it wasn't like you didn't know it was illegal. There's no way that you didn't know it's illegal because that's something that they, that that is greeted across the postal office. So when you did it the first time, you knew you were wrong. And now the second time, and, and, and honestly, you're actually getting a slap on the hand by serving a year's time, you know, and they, they're trying to be nice. You know, and even with that, you have a, I guess you would call it kind of like a shop steward, someone who can advocate for you. Um, but still, you know, you knew what was wrong the first time, and you did it again. And so a year, I don't even think that that's good enough. I think you should serve more time than a year because you knew what you were doing at first, and then to perpetrate it again. Um, so you, 
you obviously didn't get reprimanded enough on the first time because this is the first time that we're hearing that he's serving, that he possibly would be serving time, correct? Yeah. Yep. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, no, you should serve more time than a year. Okay. All right. Now, we're talking about these Seattle high school students and some athletes included who were found texting threats of raping some of the female students. They've been suspended. Their names have been kept private. Is that, you know, sufficient to you? You know, I I, want to be very honest. Um, First of all, I want to peg this particular spec, this whole segment as a slap on the wrist or a slap on the hand. Because it seems like everything that we talk that we will be talking about today is kind of a slap on the hand. The other thing that I really want to verbalize is I'm really, really, really tired of these jocks. You know, um, that's how they're labeled. You know, just getting this, you know, passed. Because my thing is, you have humiliated whomever this female is, and we as a female body are offended by the act, the idea, the thought. The fact that you would actually put it out, because we don't know who this person, who this female is, but my thing is the total disrespect. And then your names are, are, are muted, like, like you don't exist. Like, this doesn't, okay, fine, you, you, you were removed from the school, but I want to know who you are, you know, because my thing is by, by offending one, you have offended all. And so, you know, why, why is it now that you, oh, well, as far as you know, if you don't know anything, you'll assume, oh, they went to another school, they transferred to another school, not necessarily knowing that this is the individual that said and did these deeds. Okay. So what do you feel the sufficient punishment is? I think that they need to have some type of facility for individuals. You you need to understand that even if you're not doing the act, the fact that you actually put it on a venue where we can see it, where somebody can be offended to the degree, the thought, the ideal, you know, that you would actually say something like that. Um, There should be some type of facility for individuals that, have that type of mindset, you know, we understand that they're youth, you know, but, and, and, you know, not sort of something like a detention hall, you know, where you, you are sitting with individuals who have that same mindset and have somebody be able to teach you that the things that you're saying, the things that you're doing, the acts, the thoughts, you know, that are going and, and the fact that you're putting out on documentation is wrong. Okay. All righty. Okay. Now, in closing, what say you about the police officer who they just kept letting get away with murder? Now, let's let's call it what it is. Five opportunities they had to 
smash him, snag him, take him off the street. And now you left him there long enough for him to be a police officer and have sex with the 13-year-old girl and record it. Again, another slap on the hand. Like, does anybody want to do their job anymore? I, I'm really starting to wonder with all that that we have just said. You know, there are things that you should do, you should be doing. There are actions and deeds that you should be uh, reprimanding, questioning. You know, does anybody want to do their job these days? You know, and how is it that you know? How many friends do you have in the system? You know, what have you done? You know, are you the 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 the, the police cook? You know, what, what is it that you're doing to other individuals that you just keep getting a pass and nobody's looking into this? Nobody, you know, when when I'm out with you and you look at this child, this 13 year old, 15 year old, however old she is, as if she's an adult, and then you actually, you know, say or do the things that you do. And you've had sex with a minor. And it was okay. Like, oh, oh, well, that's just such and such. You know, the, you, you know how he is. No, that's not how that works. Reprimand him before he, you know, before it gets worse. Because my thing is, if he's done it, he, he's already asked a young lady to take her clothes off, you know, and show him pictures. And you've already had sex with a minor. And you videotape it. So that's something that you're going to relive in your mind when you get a chance, you know, when you're, when you get that, that, that feeling, you're going to keep reliving it. So obviously there's no remorse for what you did, you know? And so how is it that you are okay with, you know, working with this individual with, no, no, there's got to be a whole lot more than what has been done. All right. All righty. I can hear the anger rising in your voice. (laughs) Ah. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's see what your girl Shantice has to say about this nonsense going on. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. I'm okay. Ah, All right, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Tamika. You know, you waiting for your mail, your very important mail, and come to find out it was thrown in the trash. What do you think Mm-mm. the time should be? Is is this sufficient time? Up to one year in jail. For his, this is twice he's done it. He's admitted to doing it twice, so he could get to his very important appointment, and he can face up to a hundred thousand dollars. Fine. Is that good enough? No. No. Who's getting that $100,000? Where's that money going? Is it going to whoever's male? Because that ain't enough to split. And a year in jail, I don't think that's enough. It's funny because as, as you... <laughs> As you and Lady Tamika were speaking, all I could envision was that episode of Martin when he when he tried to be a mail carrier <laughs> and qu- and yes. quit. And Gina said, "You quit before you delivered all this mail. That ain't right." He said, "No, that's all my mail." And it was just tons of mail. 
and you couldn't have convinced her that that all that mail belonged to him, but he was so backed up in bills and everything. You can't, you don't know what people are waiting for. You can't assume that this mail isn't important. Sometimes people don't even realize that they should be expecting any important notifications or anything via regular mail. You got a very important appointment, then you should quit. You should quit your job and make the post office figure out what they're going to do and getting someone else to disperse this mail so you can get to your very important meeting if it's all that serious. I don't I don't think mm-hmm. a year in jail is enough. This was intentionally done and done more than once. No. Okay. Okay. Another does the punishment fit the crime. You've got these high school students who including the athletes who have sent out these text messages threatening to rape some of the female students, and they have been suspended from school, and they are going to give them sexual harassment classes, if you will. Is that good enough? Does the punishment fit the crime? No, and whoever just suspended them should get locked up too. What is that? What is that? Is just, that is equivalent to you raping them? I'm a I'm a, a teenager going to this school, and I come across text messages, or even if I hear that another girl actually read them, even if I didn't read them myself. But well, I'm going to the school, and these football players are planning on raping. It would have been horrible enough had they had names. You know, let's say they say oh, they were only targeting one female. That would have been crazy enough. But they, this is just random, so that means anyone can get it. And you're going to suspend them, so that means that they can come back and all they get. What is a sexual harassment class going to do? That's just like how I remember we, we used to talk about how it was so annoying every year we had orientation for the U.S. Open. We would have to sit through these same, like, sexual harassment class. Ain't nobody paying attention to these videos. Ain't nobody paying attention to what's being said. Oh, we're going to quiz you on it. Yeah, whatever. Y'all end up giving the answers anyway. Nobody's paying attention to this stuff. So you think that that is going to cure the mind of a group of sick boys? No. Whoever thought that was a remedy should get locked up too because that means that they 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 don't feel like what whatever they do in life ain't that bad, and it should just be some simple slap on the wrist. These these girls are traumatized now. Names should be released, or if names either way is gonna be revealed who it is. Because if y'all did what y'all was supposed to do and just kick the boys out of school, then everybody would have noticed who doesn't go to the school anymore, who's not playing in these games anymore. So that would have been revealed that way anyway. Or had you just said, okay, so so-and-so and so-and-so and whoever else no longer goes to the school because now y'all go ahead and be stupid and y'all try this too, y'all will be the next ones expelled and locked up. That should be the punishment. You get kicked out of school and locked up for planning this. And you're stupid because the plan then got leaked, dummy. 
So you should get locked up. All right. Okie dokie. <laughs> All right. And closing, this uh, police officer who is now serving six years and four months for having sex with a 13-year-old, and they record, he recorded himself, but they said they had snagged him. Is that six years, four months, enough? No, and again, who's giving this sentence? You're you're having sex with a minor. You're recording it, and this isn't your first time doing something like this. That is no way near enough time at all. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for indulging. I'll wait till I close to give my feedback on this or my thoughts on these cases. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have our Pastor KL on the line, and I will include him on our topic of the morning. Well, again, we're talking about abuse, domestic abuse, and, you know, the effect and how these things are being received, how this behavior is being handled. And we have a list of behaviors that women said that now that they're in a healthy relationship, they realize how bad and toxic they are actually was and I'm going to throw this stuff out and see what you say about this because you've been in relationships before and a lot of times it's not until someone actually does or behaves differently that you realize like yo that wasn't that wasn't good and I'm not just talking about relationships I'm talking about anything you know, it's almost like when you go to a supermarket and they're charging, you know, $8.99 all the time. Yes. Oh, okay. You know, they're charging $8.99 all the time for meat. And then you actually go into another neighborhood and you see that they have the meat, same meat. It's just as fresh. But they're only charging two ninety nine for it. So a lot of times, it's not until you have something to compare it to that you actually see how bad it is. So one of the things that the ladies have listed, she said, I am so much more relaxed. I'm no longer constantly coming up with a defense or justification for everything. I'm no longer worrying about whether my partner is doing something out of a genuine care or manipulating me. I choose my own company now, and I do things on my own without guilt. I can be myself without being shamed or judged. Uh, Tamika, what are we talking about here? 
that I, I congratulate, you know, the female who's mentioning that because you don't realize that you're in mess until you actually step into a cleaner, uh, more healthier environment. You know, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a scenario, which, you know, it's, it's something different, but can be comparable. Um, I, I know of a person who um, has smoked um, all their life. She had children. They live in that environment. You know, and so the house always smells smoky. Um, they spent um, a week with me, and they didn't recognize the damage that had been done um, by living in that environment until they actually claimed, came to another environment. And so, you know, I, I, I'm looking at this and comparing it to what she's saying. Listen, I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. I don't have to walk on eggshells. I don't have to worry about what it is that I'm going to say that's supposedly going to tick you off, you know, if you're in a abuse type of situation, meaning physically, if, if he's hitting you, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is that I'm going to do or say or maybe cook wrong or even if I cook chicken and you didn't want chicken, you know, I don't have to work, I don't have to live in that environment. I can breathe freely and be able to freely say what I want to say, think how I want to think ask how I want to act without having to worry about you um, reprimanding me for something that you feel that's wrong. So, you know, I think that's a beautiful place to be. Once you've gotten out of it, stay out of it. All righty. I'm going to ask you all to stay contained because you didn't just step in nine different areas. Thank you very much, Tamika. Um, stay contained so we don't run out of stuff. Um, to talk about because some of the stuff you, you mentioned um, is definitely issues, are definitely issues that you will go through. Um, but uh, Santi, she says, I, I'm so much more relaxed. I'm no longer constantly coming up with a defense or justification for everything. What, 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 let's stay there. Let's just stay there. Let's narrow it down to that. You're always having to defend yourself, whether it's defending what you do or what you say, um, and just being able to be yourself. doesn't mean, you know, the, the opposite of having to be corrected, but just someone always nitpicking at something and you always having to explain, well, this is why I say this and this is why I don't do that and this is why I'm against this. It just becomes too much. Like that becomes the entire relationship and it becomes tiring. And when you finally get into a relationship where in the beginning, you, you know, let it be known, not always by words, but by your actions, and just the way you move on a day-to-day basis, that this is what I stand for, this is who I am, like it or leave it, you know, and if the person accepts it, then it is what it is, and it's just so much more relaxing. There's so much less tension. All righty, all right. Let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you today? I'm well as well, thank you. Good, good, good. 
Oh, we're talking about abuse. And, you know, it comes in many shapes, forms, and fashions. And we're talking about stepping into a new relationship and maybe not even realizing that we were in an abusive relationship. But now that my new partner treats me better, wow, I realize that I can be much more relaxed. I'm not constantly coming up with a defense or justification for everything I do in order for you to not be ticked off at everything. What are we talking about here? Well, I mean, while you're in the, the abusive relationship, you sometimes you don't know that you're in an abusive relationship. That is the new norm to you, you know, and that's what you deal with every day. You defend yourself every day. You know, you might feel uncomfortable about it, but you don't, you don't put the title abuse to it because maybe I'm not being beaten, I'm not being hit. Um, and, and until you come out of that stuff, you know, you, listen, you, you don't realize that, that New York is cold until you get to New York. If you live in Alabama all your life, you don't know what snow is. And that is just the norm for you, you know, and you walk around with shorts and all that stuff. And then when you go to another climate, you have to change. And you have to realize that this is either better for me or it's not not better for me. You know, and again, when you're in that abusive relationship, because that's the only thing you know, you don't know that is abusive. Sometimes you're just not happy and you don't understand why your partner is acting the way that they are. But when you come up from among them and be separated, you can find your freedom. All righty. All righty. Uh, the person I'm currently dating doesn't have to be asked or begged to spend time with me and then gets annoyed because I'm asking. Shanti. Yes. Yeah, and it's like the, the male man. Why, why be bothered? If the point in a relationship is for there to be time spent together. Not always scheduled. It's not always spontaneous. But nonetheless, it's time being spent. The more time we spend together, the more we get to know each other, the more, you know, there's so many benefits from that. Why should either one of us have to ask and then have to beg? So that means that you're not interested. So then why, why are we here? Why am I here? You know, and then when you finally get with someone where it's just so natural for us to want to spend time together, where we either ask each other at the same time, well, what are you doing tonight? Or... You just get the spontaneous phone calls, you know, pack a bag, we're going here, or, you know, they just pick you, meet you at work, and you go to dinner or something. It's just, you, you feel better about yourself. You feel a lot more confident about the relationship because you know that the feelings are now mutual. You know, no one wants to be in a relationship where they have to ask to be around you. That's not a relationship. So if it gets to the point where now I'm begging, then the real question should be, so why are we here now? All righty. Pastor KL, KL, we're talking about not having to beg or even ask for someone to spend time with me. And then when I ask, you get annoyed. You know, love is, is an action word. It's just not 
what you say off your lips and, and from your tongue. And, and certain things, you know, what, what's understood shouldn't be explained. You know, certain, certain things should automatically be understood when you get involved in a relationship. So I shouldn't have to explain, hey, I want to spend time with you. Hey, can we do this? And if you're that annoyed by me wanting to be with you, then you're not the person I need to be. Mm-hmm. Ah, ladies to make up. What we're talking about here. Asking, begging, and then you annoyed. Um, when you are really into someone, it's it's an action. You know, it, it, it goes without even saying, you know, I shouldn't have to, well, okay, let's plan Monday. No, that's not good. Well, what about Tuesday? No, what about, well, you, you know, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, so December the 1st, is that working for you? You know, that, and then after I ask, you're huffing and puffing because I asked you about something, just trying to make available time. You are clearly showing me that you're really not interested. If I've got to kind of squeeze in or pencil in, you know, oh, well, you're, you're available from 8.30 to 8.45, then, you know, you really, really honestly don't want, and I'm doing all the more to try and make this thing work. If you are annoyed by me asking, you know, or you, you, you find ways that I got to squeeze or pencil in time, then you're really not as interested as I think that you are. And obviously, somewhere in there, you know, I've created this bubble that you are. And so I've got to realize that maybe you're not just that into me. Hmm. What you trying to do? Quote the movie, Tamika? Ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> 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 trying to quote that movie. Oh, Pastor KL. I... Don't have to any longer worry about him having the impulse, or her in your case, having the impulse to go through my phone every time I hang up, the phone rings, or when I come in or we meet up. What are we talking about here? Well, you're you're, you're in a better place because obviously anyone that has to do that is insecure. Um, anyone that's doing that is telling on their self, actually. You know, you, you only find yourself doing stuff or, or, or posing stuff that you're doing already. So that, that's how we become crafty. And that's how we be, we, we're able to do the things that we do because we do it. We, we, we've already mastered the sneaking around. and We've already mastered the cheating. So therefore, we assume that everybody in our life is doing it because it's capable of being done. So, so once you can get out of that situation, you're in a better place. You got somebody who trusts you, you know, so someone who gives you your space, respects your space. You know what I mean? And 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 that that forms a great relationship by itself. All righty, all righty. Shanti's, not Shanti's. I'm sorry, Tamika. Always, you know, we're not talking about talking directly. This is definitely in my things, going through my phone, when I come, when I hang up the phone, you want to see who I was talking to, you asking who's calling, when I get, when we meet up, you're going through my stuff, healthy, toxic, abusive? Toxic and abusive. 
you know, we're talking about, okay, so we often talk about, you know, parents going through your phone. They have a right. I'm an adult now, so I can do what I want to do, speak to whom I want to speak to. Now I get the third degree because I've made a phone call, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to keep opening up my phone, unlocking my phone. Not that I'm doing anything wrong, but I have a right to my own privacy. I have a right to my boundaries. And you don't get the right to question me and give me the third degree because of what it is that I choose to do. You know, and that's that's definitely understand that these are areas of control. If I can control your phone, if I can control, you know, your movements, then, you know, you have to really recognize what's going on here, what, you know, what this area of concern is and, you know, take action. All righty, all righty. That's peace. Going through somebody's stuff is a full-time job. If you got to do all that, you that, that ain't the person for you. It's not. doesn't mean, because some people will give you a reason to second-guess who they talking to, who they texting. You know, some people, they're, they're not smart because the, the way they move sends <laughs> all kind of signs. But if it really becomes a consideration for you to now go through things, if I can't ask you a question and believe the answer you give me, or if I can't answer, if I can't add, I'm sorry, if I can ask you a question and get you to respect me enough to answer, then relationship done. If you even feel like you have to go through your partner's things, the relationship it needs to be really, like, we really have to consider if this is where we need to be. Because if it is something where you're looking suspicious or I'm looking suspicious to you, then you should be able to talk to me about it. I should be able to talk to you about it, and we nip it in the bud. Going through things is not going to solve the problem. It's just going to create 98 additional problems. So it is definitely abuse because with you have going through it with the intention of you ain't fitting to play me, I need to figure out what's going on. It is a high level of control that you are trying to have that you will never have. I don't care what, even if you do find stuff. You will never grasp the control that you're trying to get. All right. All right. Ah. I can talk about my my issues and feelings without there being a personal attack against me about how I feel. Tamika. Boy, see, so even attacking my thoughts, you know, my responses, you know, that puts me in this little box. Well, I can't move this way. I can't move that way. And it gets me to the point where, I start second-guessing my responses just so that they kind of match yours because anytime that I'm a little bit contrary, then it's not that I have a right to my opinion. I'm automatically wrong, you know, and so that puts me in a real tight little box that I can barely move, you know, and you think about it. If, if you're just sitting in a box, let's, let's cause that box to get closer and closer to your face. After a while, you know, even just your own, you don't have any thought of your own. You're tied into this little square box, 
and even as I'm talking, I'm, I'm doing the imagery in my mind, and, and it's almost literally causing me to get to a point where I'm almost claustrophobic. And so, you know, you're restricting any flexibility from yourself. You've got to make a move and stop, stop, uh, stop being comfortable in that. All right, all right. Ah, oh, Shanti. You know, I, I can now I can talk about my issues, my feelings, without being attacked about how I feel or what I'm thinking. Again, why am I with you if I can't talk about how I'm feeling if I had a great day and I'm just so overjoyed about the accomplishments I made or if I had a bad day and, you know, something triggered, you know, something in me that possibly brought up a traumatic moment or something. And, you know, a lot of a lot of times when you're in a relationship with people who you can't talk to, it's because they have a fear that they're going to be expected to talk. They don't want to talk. They don't want to open up about what's going on with them for whatever the reason. The relationship is all about communication. If we can't communicate, then what are we supposed to hear and look at each other? So no. So now when I'm in a relationship with someone that I can feel comfortable with not nagging, I can feel comfortable with just speaking about how I feel, you know, again, when there's time for correction and or confirmation, how can either one of us get that from each other if we do not have the freedom to express our feelings to one another. Because if we're not expressing feelings, there's going to be some feelings expressed. There's going to be feelings of anger. Uh, so not everybody's frustrated. Uh, not everybody's frustrated. And instead of there being some healthy conversing going on, it's, it's going to be a lot of physical back and forth eventually. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. Pastor KL, you know, finally I can get my feelings out. I can I can express how I feel. I can, you know, I don't have to worry about once I say how I'm feeling that I'm I'm, I'm being attacked. Right. You don't you don't have to be self conscious on what to say and how to say it and say it so that it doesn't sound this way. You know, um, you should be able to express yourself freely, you know, and and be able to have he, him or her receive it well, you know, and, and p- perhaps we can talk about this because, you know, as I say, that your feelings are valid. And this is how I feel. This, you, you can't tell me how to feel. You can't tell me I shouldn't feel this way. Or, or you can just ask me why do I feel it, and then I can go on and explain it to you, and then we can either fix the problem, or, or we can dissolve, you know. But, but I, I think again, once you realize the box that you're in, see again, a lot of folks, this is their normality, you know, and and not until, you know, they taste chicken prepared a different way, do they understand that we can eat it differently. We don't have to keep on eating it fried. You know what I mean? When, when, when you get, get into health issues and they tell you you have to change that, then you have to change that. You know, this is a health issue. 
you know, your mental health, this is an issue. So now you have to figure out how to change your diet. And once you change your diet, your body feels better. So that, that, that's the issue. You got to move on. Did we lose Pastor Steph? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm Ain't sorry. Possible. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, this one here, I want to end with this one because this one is really very important and a lot of women experience this. She says, I no longer feel like I have to talk about how little I ate that day in order to prove that I'm getting skinnier. Mm. I know how long I have to worry about how my clothes fit or how he thinks I look in my clothes because he says I'm getting fat. Oh, boy. Uh, Shanti, you got the first leg on this one. That sounds like abuse one-on-one. So I have to give you, like, the measurements of what I ate for the day in order to, in order for it to make sense to you the way I look or the size clothes that I wear. And that, that just goes right back to the control. I shouldn't be monitoring myself like that. Yes, I should be conscious about, you know, having healthy eating habits, not a diet necessarily. Having, you know, developing healthy eating habits. Um, I may have my own preference on how I would like to look. And I have to be on guard with not obsessing myself, with me not obsessing over how I look and what I eat, how I eat every single second. The difference between being conscious, aware, and obsessive. I now have to be concerned with your obsession over how I look. And people who do that look horrible themselves. That's, I never understood this concept. That, that, that's just way too much. It's, it's way too much. So now when you get in a relationship where you have someone who genuinely cares about your health, and they may mention, like, okay, now I didn't notice that's your fourth soda today. You might, and you, and you could be slim. You could be slim. But soda is not healthy for you like that. You know, there could be other concerns that they have as far as with your health. Or, you know, you, you're always complaining to me about you breaking out. You might want to leave that eighth cupcake alone. Like, hello, you know. There, there's, there's a real difference. But you definitely want to make sure that you find your way into a relationship where you're with someone who genuinely cares about any of the concerns you have for yourself or any concerns they may genuinely have for you, and they're not obsessing over the way you look. And then you can never tell them nothing. But they can always criticize your food intake, your dressing, and so on and so forth. Okay. Pastor KL. Yeah, this is an interesting one for you. 
Yeah, this this is real touchy, but I, I will say to my niece, because she, she made a comment, I've been sexy all my life, you know, so that that's not the point. That, that's not the, the thing when you talk about, you know, usually the person don't look good. I've been sexy all my life. But, okay, so now that I've said that, let, let, let me move on. Um, I, I used to be a, a big a big offender of this. You know, my, my whole line uh, in my former life was, you know, I, I'll meet you at a size 5'6", and my cutoff point was 9'10". So I meet you at a size 5'6", so you had room to grow. So, But if you got past a 9'10", the, the relationship was over. This, this, this used to be my, my life. You know, I, I, I won't lie to you. You know, and then I realized how stressful you put the person that you're supposed to admire and love in. You know that a lot of times when they're keeping the weight off, you know, it's not it's not always because they're dieting correctly. It's because they're so stressed and, and overwhelmed of gaining a pound that they won't eat. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's a dangerous place to be. You know, love don't hurt that bad. You know, and, and when you say that you care and you love, you, you care for the for, for the good times, the bad times, the lumps, the bumps, the everything. You know, so, I mean, I, I definitely understand this. I, I guess, you know, when, when you look back at this, I was the abuser. Because I, I tell you, I had that rule. We started 5-6. and 9-10, you had to go somewhere else. But, it, but again, you know, I will say I was sexy all the time. <laughs> you know what? Oh, <laughs> I keep telling y'all about that self-assessment. <laughs> oh, guys! Oh my goodness, uh, uh, Tamika, what are we talking about here? And uh, thank, before we go any further, thank you, Pastor Kale, for your uh, honesty. Yes, ma'am. Well, I wanna I wanna give an agree, agreement to that. Um, here's the thing that most people are not aware of: as a woman, you are constantly reminded of weight every day. You know, you're looking at something on television. You know, um, if you have any type of social media, you know there there are different things that you can do to your face to make it look smaller make your, you know, body shape a little smaller, you know, find it. There are all these different types of optics that you can use, you know, then there's things, commercials, advertisements, things in magazines. We as women are constantly reminded of our size, you know, and then to be in a relationship with an individual who constantly reminds you of that, you know, it, 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 it can be demoralizing. I remember um, ending a relationship because um, I went to a park with this gentleman, and for some reason, you know, we, we decided to, to get on the, the swing, you know, and I got on the swing, and my legs were, you know, sitting on, you know, the, the swing, and he wanted to, I don't know if most people realize, but you can pump a person, so my thighs are on the swing, I'm sitting on the swing, and he has his feet on either, either side of my legs to kind of pump the swing out, so the swing well, you know, swing a little further out. Well, he couldn't get both of his feet on either side of my leg. So he was like, well, boy, you're fat. And I'm like, wait a minute, where did that come from? You know, because of that one thing, now I'm fat. You didn't think about that until just that one one moment, you know. And then 
you know, I've seen females in relationships. You go out to eat and you have a salad and then you go home and you gorge because you're so concerned about what his ideal is, you know, how much you've ate. And even I've seen even women go out to a table and he'll go, don't you think you've had enough? Wait a minute. This is my mouth. You know, and I'm going to be very honest. I don't have a problem eating, you know, um, and on that, that Richter scale, I'm normally a 910, but I have a winter weight of 12. So obviously I'm out of KO's range. <laughs> You know, but I'm just thinking about those type of things that we have to deal with. You know, you have to be very guarded on what you do and be careful. Yeah, yeah, this is, all of these things are, are, are all abuse. And, you know, we really don't understand it to be so. So I want to thank my D-Time Q crew for their contribution into today's conversation, hoping that you brought some level of awareness to the fact of, you know, what abuse is versus a healthy relationship. You did a fantastic job today. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, too. Thank you. Let's take this time to, you know, go before the Lord, and we are going to offer a place for them. You know, this is going to be our place for them today, those who are in, you know, unhealthy relationships, but because they're in this environment, they're not aware that it's an unhealthy or toxic relationship. Heavenly Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we come before you today extremely grateful for what you've presented here today. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just even waking us up and giving us an opportunity to experience a new day with new possibilities, with brand new tender mercies, with the love and concern and you showing us what love really is. You showing us what healthy relationships really are. You just investing in us one more time to help us see what it is that's good and what it is that's not good. And, Lord, we deem it a blessing to be able to even hear this conversation, even if we didn't have anything to say, but just to sit and listen and assess and reflect on the education and the facts that you're giving us today. We want to thank you for Pastor KL's candidness and his admission. You know, maybe at the time, you know, you don't think that you're being abusive. But, Lord, we ask that as this admittance went over the airwaves, how we are heard in so many countries 
where this behavior is acceptable. This behavior is expected. This behavior is normal. That today, there would be a man who would hear another man say, I guess I was the abuser at the time. And let him think of his behavior. Let him think of how he's making someone else feel. Let him think. Give him an opportunity to become aware of our responsibility when we say we love and we care about someone. That it goes deeper than lip service. That love and concern does not mean what I want. Love and concern does not mean what I see, what I prefer. Let us pay attention to the love chapter. And we thank you that your written word does not leave out any experience we have here on earth, that everything is addressed in that Bible. And we ask God for every male or female who is being abused, they would wake up today. That there was something said here today that would alert them that they're not in a healthy relationship. The toxicity exists. And today, your goal was to liberate and to free. Mm. We pray for the abuser, whether she's a female or whether he's a male. Because it comes from both sides, young or old, rich or poor, uneducated or intelligent. We ask you guys to touch the lives of all of those who's here today. That this won't be a fleeting moment. That this won't be something that you just hear and get up and disconnect and keep it moving like nothing was said today. That no matter who was listening today, that you would just take this opportunity to assess where you are in the relationship so we can realize whether we're abusive in any shape, form, or fashion. Because a little abuse is much abuse. So we thank you, God, because your investment is always so vital, so crucial to our very existence. I pray that especially your people who say that they're in your army, who say that you are the head of their lives, that they would wake up today. And if they're on the side of abuse, that they would make it right with you and the person that they're abusive to. And it doesn't have to be in an intimate relationship. It could be in a friendship. It could be parent to child. It could be siblings. It could be coworkers. It could be any, we talked about the school, classmates. That sexual harassment is abuse. No matter how you slice this pie, you're being abusive. 
We pray for all that are called by your name, who say they belong to you, that they would wake up. And they would alert others. They wouldn't just keep it to themselves. That they would alert others. And that they would make the difference today. Not only in their own life, but everyone around them. And that they could be a living example as to how you can change any situation. We thank you so much, the Heavenly Father. We thank you. But for those of us who made it out, we thank you. Thank you so much for the freedom you've rendered and given in our life. Nothing beats freedom. Thank you for saving our lives. These are so many things we pray for, dear Heavenly Father. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, I was looking at this this high school business, and when I saw that they were going to have sexual harassment classes, you know, I said to myself, I said, this, this, no, no, they need to go to jail. And even if they make it a jail, you know, not the jail for, you know, the common criminal, but a special unit, and I think... Um, Shamika said it, you know, a, a unit that's designed to house them and also to counsel them, give them some therapy. Because most times, abusive people have been abused or are being abused. So, you know, we don't know you know, how you got to where you are and how you're venting, you know, is actually indicative that there's some bigger problem than you just being rude and nasty and insensitive. And it's really important that we take this time to... Watch our behavior. Pay attention to the way we're being treated. Pay attention to our children's behavior. You know, one of the things that I I watch and I've I've seen from when I was a young child, this, this, this thing called playing and this teasing. And I've watched, I've literally watched Adults who I've seen grow up from childhood, how their lives have been so drastically affected by the teasing and how these people have made moves based on the fact that they didn't want to be teased anymore. And now those particular decisions have worked against them cause them harm. And it's it's a lot more common than you think. A lot more common than you believe. That teasing is very toxic. It is not okay because they're children. It's not okay because you're the parent. It's not okay. 
is not okay. And, you know, how did I do 2020? And it's not until we, we look back and we realize that a lot of stuff we did, we shouldn't have done, you know, and we go to God and we ask God for forgiveness. But I honestly believe that if the Spirit of the Lord has dealt with you and you just, you come to the realization that I was messed up, I did such and such a thing, because there's so many ways you can abuse a person, that you need to go and make it right. Go back and apologize to someone who you hurt. And I'm speaking from the recipient end where, and I think I've shared this with you all, you know, something was done to me that was really, really mean. Oh my gosh, it was so mean. And, you know, I saw the person and the person always was, as soon as the person saw me, I, I blinked and they were gone. And finally, it was close to 30 years and I ran into this person and the person came over to me and they apologized. And they said, I was just a stupid kid. And that's no excuse, but please forgive me. And the forgiveness was there. I was like, sure, you know what? It took a lot for you to even come over to me and apologize. And because it took a lot for you to come over to me and apologize, I thank you for that apology and I accept your apology. And... Every time I see the person or every time I've seen the person sit, it's been a delight. You know, we laugh, we, you know, we talk. And it doesn't have to go there. It doesn't have to be where you laugh and talk. But let me tell you something. I was liberated. Was the one who was, um, I was the one who was offended. I was the one who was offended. And it was liberating for me. To receive that apology, it meant everything to me. And I was like, wow, after 30 years. Now, God could have closed either one of our eyes and would have never known that this was, you know, what? Never, never told that this is the way this person felt. So come on, let's get this done. And let's make sure we're not the perpetrator. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to you. Until tomorrow, God's best. With Freestyle Friday. Until then. I love you.